Hey, parent-teacher conferences can be a source of stress for parents, students, and teachers. What can parents do to make sure that the conference is informative and helps both the teacher and the family better support their student? Today's podcast will answer that and more. Hi, I'm Steve Watson, the Maricopa County School Superintendent, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Extra Credit, a podcast of the Maricopa County School Superintendent's Office. So, Laurie, um, you, um, you know, we talked about in our last episode, you and I were both parents of different children. And um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for clarifying. <laughs> so we're both parents um, and uh, of, of, you know, large families, frankly. And we talked just a little bit about parent-teacher conferences and, uh, you know, what is, what is your experience with parent-teacher conferences? Are they generally a positive thing? Um, are they a negative thing? You know, what, uh, what's that experience like for you? I have had a, uh, I think like most people, a mixed bag of parent-teacher conferences. I have, it has been in my overall experience that the older my kids get, the worse the parent-teacher conference is. Um, and I attribute some of that, most of that, to when they get into middle school and high school and they have multiple teachers and those teachers have over 100 kids. They don't know my child very well. And I have actually had a parent-teacher conference where the first part of the conference was reporting out on somebody else's child. <laughs> and so I had to stop the teacher and say, that doesn't sound like my child at all. And she turned her computer around and said, well, is this him? <laughs> and I said, nope. <laughs> so, um, you know, that, that is... You know, having been on the other hand, or the other end of that, I can absolutely see that happening. You know... Um, for a few years, I taught what's called six fifths. So I gave up my prep period and, um, it was a class. And so I literally had almost 200 students. Holy cow. And, you know, when you have, you know, potentially the parents of 200 students signing up to come and, and talk to you. Now it was never that many, but you, you did have just this flood of parents on parent teacher night trying to come in and, and, you know, wait in line and sign up and have those conversations about the kids. And, and sometimes, frankly, you know, even during the school day, you know, I try to connect with as many students as I possibly can to get to know their personalities and, and uh, what makes them tick. But some kids, you know, you don't have a natural kind of click with them and you, you hope that they click with another teacher because you hope throughout their, their school day they do have that kind of connection with some adult um, in, their, in their life. And, and I try to connect with as many as I could. And uh, every once in a while, when you don't make that connection, when those parents come in, it's really hard to, to have a, a meaningful conversation because those parents, you know, they know every detail about that child and their life and their upbringing. And, and you as their teacher, you're trying to connect with them and talk about their kid in a, a very holistic way and, and show your, your, that emotional connection and, and that you understand and, and know who their child is. And every once in a while, when you don't have that, that connection, it does make that parent-teacher conference uh, a little bit harder. Yeah. So, Steve, when you go into a conference, what do you hope to get out of it? You know, that's a terrific question because I actually just had this week, 
even though it's not a, a prototypical parent-teacher conference, I had an IEP meeting, which is kind of a parent-teacher conference. We were talking with the, uh, the, the teachers, and, you know, I said in there, um, you know, I, I'm not as concerned with what my child's grade is, but that they're learning. And so when I walk into a parent-teacher conference as a parent, I want to know uh, that my child is learning something in your class, um, that they're growing in some way, shape, or form. I'm less concerned with what that grade is. Um, I know some parents are really concerned with that grade, and that's fine. But I just want that confirmation that uh, we in the home, we're trying to encourage learning and growth in our children. And I just want that confirmation that you as a teacher are also worried about my child's learning and growth. And that can come across in a lot of different ways. It could be, you know, here's, you know, how your kid is doing. Um, here's a project that they worked on. Um, but uh, when it's just cold and calculated and here are their grades on their last five tests and they've turned on all their homework this week, um, that's not what I'm really looking for. I want that. Um, and I understand that you have a lot of students. It doesn't have to be overly warm and fuzzy. But yeah, I want to know that uh, you know who my kid is and that uh, they are experiencing some academic growth. And uh, that's, you know, that's really what I'm looking for. And I guess uh, just to expand on that just a little bit, and it's also for me as a parent to make that connection with the teacher, to know that we are on the same page. And if you need any help, I'm available uh, as a parent to get involved. And so I think a parent-teacher conference um, is just as important for that parent-teacher connection as it is to talk about the student because we are, you know, on the same team with hopefully the same goals, you know, growing these kids. You know, one other thing I do want to talk about when we talk about parent-teacher conferences, and this is really important, especially as, as an educator, is many times the parents who show up to talk about their kids aren't really the parents who need to show up to talk about their kids. And it's really important to reach out and those, those, it's easy to build a relationship with a parent who comes, who proactively comes to your classroom to build a relationship and talk about their student. And some of the kids who, who need our love and uh, our attention the most uh, maybe have parents who, who are working, uh, being raised in single parent homes, they have loving, uh, kind parents, but they just maybe don't have the time uh, and the, the effort available um, to, to show up for that parent-teacher conference. You know, I was raised by a single mom raising five kids, and she would come home at the end of a workday pretty exhausted. And so she wasn't always available for some of those parent-teacher conferences. And that uh, wasn't by any fault of her own, but uh, I think those p teachers did a really good job of reaching out to our family, even when... Uh, when maybe I didn't have a parent available to, to show up. Well, Steve, we have two fantastic guests here with us today to discuss the topic of how to have a great parent-teacher conference. We have Tara Dale and Yolanda Wheelington, and I'll have Tara and Yolanda introduce themselves. And we'll start with you, Tara. Thanks, Lori. I am Tara Dale. I teach at Desert Ridge High School in the Gilbert School District, and I teach science. Hello, everyone. My name is Yolanda Willington, and I teach at Shaw Montessori in Phoenix Elementary School District. I teach grades one, two, and three. We're excited to have you both on here, and we appreciate you and your expertise. And if I, you know, just in addition, 
Um, you have been members of, of our stat team, our superintendent teacher advisory team. Uh, we've worked around uh, some things around student uh, teacher retention, student voice, and, and uh, teacher advocacy, and you guys have, have been instrumental um, from day one as you guys participated in stat. And, you know, the co- different co- cohorts that we've had coming through have really benefited from just that, that experience and, and especially that initial stat team uh, that was so wonderful. So thank you guys for being on this podcast, but just also participating and being so influential in some of the work that comes out of this office. We appreciate having you back up. You guys are experts uh, in your field. You, you are seasoned teachers. You've had probably hundreds, if not uh, bordering, especially at the high school level, bordering on thousands of parent-teacher conferences, maybe a little bit fewer at the elementary school level, mm-hmm. just based on sheer numbers. And so, uh, you know, Yolanda, we'll start with you first on this one. Okay. So what's the best parent-teacher conference you have had as a teacher, and what made it so great? Um, let me think. So first off, I want to start by saying I'm always conferencing with my parents. So I'm, I don't think I've actually had like a formal what you would think of parent teacher conference. I communicate with them consistently um, first because I don't want any ha- I don't want them to have any surprises at the actual parent teacher conference because they're limited in time. So um, the best time where I've had where we, you would call it a parent-teacher conference is when I had a parent come in and we actually got to talk about family dynamics and the other things, the things that you really let me know more about her child and her family structure that helped me as a teacher fill in the gaps and make better connections, which I was then able to use those interests directly in class with the child and help them help him come over some some issues that he was having in class. So just that time where we didn't have to talk about grades, but we actually got to talk about the child and what the child was needing and how I could best support their family vision for him was probably one of the best ones that I had. You know, that's really terrific. And I do want to go back. You mentioned just kind of continuous conversations with the families. Mm-hmm. You know, some people might feel very overwhelmed by you saying that. What what do some of those conversations look like? Mm-hmm. Are they Are they short? And, you know, how those conversations or those interactions go leading up to that parent-teacher conference? Well, um, I have to say, um, let me put a disclaimer, I have probably an advantage because I have my students for three years. So I don't have to learn a new new child and family set every year. So it's a long-term relationship. So, but with that said, because I'm with them for three years, then they're going to expect a different thing from me, I think, than a teacher that's only had their kid for a semester, you know, knowledge of their child. So to lead up with that, um, for me, I'm also a parent. So I treat my students like I would want someone to treat my child. I want my child's teacher to have insight about my child, to make connections, to understand, you know, have a knowledge about my child's interests, friend-making, quirks, you know, when they're trying to get over, all those kind of things. I would want, I would expect that from my child's teacher in elementary. So with that said, I approach my classroom that way. So when I'm talking to parents, it can be a quick passing conversation I see you um, on school campus a quick email it can be a little note it can just be a quick conversation Uh, it doesn't have to be long but all of them are intentional it's not just to fill up a space or to say that I reached out to you or I contacted you every conversation I try to make it intentional is for a purpose so that has helped to make, um, by the time we get to parent-teacher conference, which you would call the parent-teacher conference, there are no surprises. 
parents know where their kids are academically. They know what's going on in the class. They know where I'm going from, what angle and approach I'm taking as a teacher and why. And when we need more time, we schedule more time before, like an ongoing conversation so that when we get to conference, we are ready to actually make a plan or check in or move forward or change things, not start an initial conversation. All right. Hey, that's that's phenomenal. Uh, thank you. You're that's, welcome. That's great. And I want to send my kids to your your class. Uh, that sounds good. Great. Um, Desert Ridge High School. It's a little bit different, Tara. Um, just mm-hmm. high school. We see, you know, over a hundred kids every day. Uh, depending on our class sizes, and and what's that experience like for you around parent-teacher conferences? So at the high school level, generally speaking, uh, the only time a parent-teacher conference is had, like a formal one, is if something has gone wrong, right? And it's either me contacting the parents, like, uh, we need to take care of this as a team, we need to address whatever it is that happened as a team, or maybe the parent is initiating the parent-teacher conference, and it's because they know of some situation that's negative and they want to address it again as a team. So generally speaking, at the high school level, again, that's the, that's the formal aspect of a parent-teacher conference. But I love that Yolanda expands on that definition. And it's really any time you talk to a parent. Mm-hmm. So it could be, you know, like the other day, I guess I had a parent-teacher conference, although before speaking to you, I don't know if I would have called it that, but I think it's absolutely true. I had a student in my room who was helping another student who has autism because I teach co-teaching science, so about half of my students have an IEP. Um, And so one of my students who has autism was working with another student who didn't, and the student who was helping mentor the other student was phenomenally patient. And uh, this student generally doesn't have positive things said about him um, based on the history that I know about. He's only been in my room for about a week. So I thought this would be a great connection to make with mom because if anything negative does happen in my room with this new student, um, I can always lean back on this positive piece. So I called her up and I said, you know, I just want you to know like your son was working with a student today who has a disability and he was really patient. And I think your kid is just amazing. And he warmed my heart as I watched him work with this really difficult kid. Um, And I just think your kid is just like the most amazing person ever. And she started crying. She said, as soon as I saw Desert Ridge on my caller ID, (laughs) I knew something was going to be awful because that's all I ever get, right? That's at the secondary level, we generally only call when something goes bad. So to have a conference that's positive based, those are your best conferences. I just never, I love Yolanda that you, that you talk about it that way, that it can just be anytime you contact a parent. It doesn't have to be a formal sit down and we're looking at, at, you know, I don't know. What are those portfolios? Is it portfolios that they do at the primary level? Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, we're not doing that. And it's not because, you know, somebody was naughty or somebody's failing, you know, it can just be a, a, just a positive contact too. I love that. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, no, you, you guys have driven this whole conversation in a really terrific way. Uh, and, and I think it's great. Just another question that we had as we were just talking about parent teacher conferences is what parents can do. So on this, the same vein that we were just talking about, what are parents, what are things parents can do to make sure they have a conference where they feel both informed and supported? Because that's just really so important. You know, uh, Tara, you alluded to it just a little bit in that, you know, maybe these parents, you know, have a, a kid who's a real handful and they're doing the best they can. 
and uh, you know they they want to feel that support coming from the teacher and from the school you know how can we help facilitate that so at the secondary level I, i'm going to agree with yolanda it's true at the primary too that it has to be about a consistent conversation that happens. The more I know about your kid, the better decisions I'm going to make on behalf of your child. So, you know, there's so many scenarios where you're going to break the rules for kids. For example, you know, maybe they're going to get extra time on a test or maybe they need um, an extra day to, to, to study for a test because something happened at home. They're moving, the dog died, like the number of stories that you hear. And some of them are quite joyous. You know, grandma came into town unexpectedly and we went out to dinner and she couldn't study. Can she get another day? Well, of course she can. So just that constant communication of what's going on at home so that I can best support their child at school is going to help even just on a day-to-day basis, not just even during parent-teacher conferences. Um, I think the best way that parents can support their kids is when they do go to a formal parent-teacher conference, you have to bring your child. In fact, it's to the point now where I won't meet with you unless your kid comes with you. And if you show up without your child, we will reschedule. Because what I have found is that the message gets misinterpreted if the child isn't there and mom and dad take that home. And then the kid interprets it the way they want to, and then they come back and I'm talking to them about what happened at that parent-teacher conference. So I like having parent-teacher kid conferences. It ha- that way we all get the same message at the same time. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And then it also reduces the stress on the kid mm-hmm. who's sitting at home waiting for their parents to come home to mm-hmm. speak to them about the parent-teacher conference. Right. And then I can, I as a teacher can set the tone for it too. You know, if a I don't want all of my parent-teacher conferences to be negative, right? I don't want any of them to be negative. I want them all to have a positive outbreak or outlook on it or a result. So at the end, sometimes I'll even have a contract filled out and I'll say, okay, so mom and dad, you're going to promise to do this. I, as the teacher, I'm going to do this. You, as the student, you're going to do this. And we write it up and I go make a copy and everybody goes home with a copy of the contract. And this way it becomes a more positive goal-based conversation than it is to just ream a kid because that's never going to be positive and you're never going to build good relationships with parents. You're never going to build good relationships with the kid either. So parents, um, you know, how, how do you come best prepared? Bring your kid right? And be ready for a positive result. If you're just coming in just to scream and yell and get something off your chest, but you don't want something positive at the end, then you really, truly, you're not helping your child at the end of the day. You got to come in looking for some kind of resolution. Yeah, that's really great. And um, thank you for that. And y- Yolanda, did you want to chime in on that a little bit? Sure. Um, I would agree with, even though it's an elementary level, um, most much of what Tara said will definitely just apply the same way. We have our conferences, when we have that formal conference, they're student-led. Students are there demonstrating to parents what they've been working on, especially, um, I will say, in a Montessori environment where the parent did not attend a Montessori school themselves. So a lot of times they feel a disconnect. So, and that may be happening, um, I imagine, if you're a parent who's your child's in STEM or some type of different type of instruction other than traditional 
they may you may go into it saying I really don't even understand what they're doing these days. High tech, if you're not high tech or something, you may you really do. Is I think it's appropriate to look to your child to say, okay, you show me what have you been working on. Verse because when you go home and they say, how do I make an exchange? You're you're going to go to the traditional way that you know versus the way that they're learning in school. So, and then they say, that's not the way we did it, or that's not right. So, I think that will definitely help having your child present also for at an elementary level and expecting for your elementary child to have something to contribute or show or input because ultimately it's their education. They're the ones that have to go to school the next day. And this is really, in many ways, a relationship between the, the student and the teacher more so than the parent and the teacher. Um, I, what kind of, we're, we're getting ready to wrap up. What kind of maybe last minute advice would you have um, or maybe even some experiences that you've had as a parent? We've talked a lot about being a mm. teacher <laughs> and our teacher perspective, but as a parent, what are some experiences that you've had and maybe some advice uh, for other parents who are going through or getting ready to go through parent-teacher conferences? Tara? Oh, um. It's, it's fascinating. Like, you know, okay. So like my first real job was Subway. So I'm, I'm, I critique everything that I, that happens now when I go into a Subway. I'm sorry, were you a sandwich artist? I was the sandwich artist, Lori. I I didn't know we were in the presence of an Um, artiste. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I was like the sandwich queen. Like I'm royalty lady. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, (laughs) um, so, but you know, like when you, like, like that's your, you know, that becomes your passion because it was your first job, right? And so you're super critical of other people that make Subway sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So as a teacher, I find myself really critical of other teachers too. I have really high expectations for my children's teachers. I have two kids. And, um, and I have found that, like, when I taught at the junior high level, there were two reasons that parents wanted to meet with me. It was either something... Uh, that was negative or something that was really positive, and they just wanted to hear me brag about their kids, right? Um, and they wanted to hear about how great their kids are and how great they are as parents. Um, so what I realized is that I really wanted that too. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, kids, my kids are really good kids, and they're really good students, because if not, you know, awful, horrible things would happen. And um, so I found that I really valued those parent-teacher conferences where – that's all we met for was to talk about how great Joshua and Samantha are. And um, it made me realize as a teacher that that's why I need to make sure I make positive contacts with parents too. Because as a parent, I, I love that and I want that, you know? So I have no problem if a parent drops me a note and says, hey, how's my kid doing? Like, I haven't heard from you, Miss Dale. How's my kid doing? Do you like my kid? Like, is mm-hmm. there anything my kid could be doing better? What can we celebrate about my child? I have no problem answering those emails because if I get to brag about your child, that's fun for me. That's a nice break in my day. I, I love that opportunity. So yeah, if a parent wants to just hear great things about their child, feel free to reach out, you know, and just ask for good stuff. We yeah. love, we do, we love celebrating about your kids. We went into this profession because we love children. So if we get to celebrate children, that, that's a good part of our day. Mm-hmm. Perfectly said. Okay, so I, so for me, I mean, that's a real, that's really good. I saw I I saw myself as a parent. <laughs> what you're saying, I would agree. I was probably the same way for a lot of that um, with my kids growing up. So as a parent, I was I would recommend that 
when you're going into your experience with that, um, remember that your child has an input. They have an input and they have a say-so. They have an experience and a perspective and partner more with them about that in their education. Um, sometimes they don't know how to talk to their teacher. Um, sometimes they are trying to communicate to their teacher and they may feel like um, they weren't fully heard and they just said, okay, and went on. So just advocating with your child. Um, I was a parent that went to parent-teacher conference, and they didn't tell me great things about my daughter twice um, at two different conferences. And she had been there for almost a year, so I withdrew her because I said, I think you should know more about my child by now than what you're telling me. She's with you every day. You have nothing great to tell me, and I know that she's great. She's a great kid, so <laughs> I don't think this is the right fit for her because I don't think you love her. So I think you just like teaching her, but I don't think you love her. So I withdrew her because I didn't want my child in an environment all day where she, where I didn't feel like she was loved as a person. So I withdrew her and changed her school to an environment where I saw that they loved her. So it matters. You as a parent, you are trusting. You, um, I feel like as a parent, I need to know as a parent myself, and you may feel also, and I think it's okay to feel like, I have placed my child in an environment where I know my child is loved, and I don't have to worry about that with this teacher. And we can work out if you have a problem with, um, ac you know, academic part, the math, the tutoring, I'm not understanding a concept. We can work on that all day. As parents and teachers, we can team on that. But if, if I don't feel like you're, you love my child, then that's something that I can't work on. So my child doesn't need to be in that environment. I'm going to change it. And as a parent, I feel like that's your right to um, make that stand and advocate for your child in that way. And I support you in that, and I encourage you to do so. Um, you may want to balance it. That doesn't mean you're a helicopter parent. You're coming in and checking. But you can tell. You can tell by the, you know, you can tell by the stories your child tell or the communications you get back from a teacher or just the little questions you ask and the way you get a response. And over time, if you, if you can tell as a parent, I would say I would encourage you to um, follow your parental instinct in that area. And I think that's your right, and, you, and I support you in it. Yolanda, that is spectacular. Uh, the just the the significance of a parent-teacher conference and what that says about uh, that love that a teacher has, and if it comes across in that parent-teacher conference. So, Yolanda, uh, Tara, thank you both. Uh, this has been phenomenal. Uh, your expertise and your insight, I think, are just anybody who listens to this podcast, whether they're a teacher or a parent, I think is going to come away with just a greater appreciation of how to enter into those those conversations and maybe how to have a little bit longer conversation throughout the semester and throughout the year or throughout the years um, that you might have a, a student or a teacher. And so we thank you again for being a part of this uh, podcast. You guys rock. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It was fun. I want to thank both Tara and Yolanda for being on our podcast with a wealth of information and personal experiences that are meaningful to all those listening. And I want to give everybody a final reminder to follow us on social media at McSchoolSoup. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Check us out.